Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with the last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. We all know what it's like to put your faith in a person. You'll either be willfully ignorant about their imperfectedness or you'll be sorely disappointed. With elections happening, Pastor J.D. reminds us how important it is to not put our hope into any one person, but to put it in the Lord. He's the only one that can exceed your expectations. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 30th, 2022. Is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? Verse 7, so the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, (laughs) I love this so much, there is still one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. Well, Ahab, that's because you're evil. He is Micaiah, son of Imlah. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say such things. Then the king of Israel called one of his officers and said, bring Micaiah, the son of Imlah, quickly. You have to understand that he's in prison. Why? Because Ahab sent him to prison. Why? Because he had already spoken the truth to Ahab about the doom and gloom of a disastrous end. I point that out because it is textbook. You don't like the message? Silence the messenger. Well, be that as it may, the prison guards go to his cell and tell him, hey, Micaiah, you're going to get another chance, but you have to go along to get along. Say what the others are saying, and please the king, the emperor. Tell him his clothes are just magnificent, even though he doesn't have any on. He's to say what the 400 prophets were saying, which is that instead of it being disastrous, it will be victorious. Well, Micaiah, to his credit, tells them, He cannot go against the Word of God, but they take him anyway to prophesy to King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat. Now, the prophets that went before him were very dramatic and demonstrative, and they use props, and they bring out the horns and declare that they'll be victorious in destroying the enemy. Now it's Micaiah's turn. He knows he's already hated and despised, and he also knows they won't listen to the truth anyway. 
So he makes a decision to respond with what I like to call a sanctified sarcasm. Verse 14, And he came to the king, and the king, speaking of Ahab, said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? And he said, Yeah, go ahead. That's in the original too. Yeah, go and prosper, and they shall be delivered into your hand. Uh, What's being served for lunch? Or is there lunch today? So the king said to him, verse 15, this is very interesting, how many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Oh, oh, this isn't your first rodeo, it seems. Oh, this has happened before. Apparently, several times. How many times have I told you, Micaiah? Stop doing that. You speak the truth to me. Now, it's probably not a surprise that he knows Micaiah is being sarcastic, but here's what is a little bit of a surprise. He knows that Micaiah will speak the truth in the name of the Lord. So, verse 17, it's verses like this that remind me that God has a great sense of humor. Of course, I'm reminded of that every time I look in the mirror, but particularly verses like this, because this is Ahab now, the king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, did I not tell you who had not prophesied anything good concerning me but evil? Told you so. That's why I didn't want to bring him in here to begin with. Then Micaiah said, verse 18, you want the truth? (laughs) I'm not going to take that any further. You already did. I don't have to. Here's the truth. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on His throne and all the hosts of heaven standing on His right hand and His left. And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab king of Israel to go up that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one spoke in this manner, and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. And this is Micaiah still speaking to Ahab and Jehoshaphat with him. Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets of yours. And the Lord has declared disaster against you. Thank you, Micaiah. Thank you for not caving to the pressure from your so-called peers. Thank you for having the holy boldness to speak the truth. Thank you for standing alone against 400 who won't speak the truth by telling the emperor or king it won't be victorious but disastrous. Thank you, Lord, for Micaiah, 
and including what happened in the pages of Scripture, because it's a reminder of guys like Micaiah, who will count the cost and know they're going to be mocked and ridiculed and slandered, and like Micaiah, sent back to their prison cell with the bread of affliction. That'll be your lunch. Spoiler alert, in the end Micaiah was 100% right with his message of doom, gloom, and disaster. And it happens exactly as he dared to say it would. Just as the emperor had no clothes, so too King Ahab had no victory and he would die in the exact graphic detail as Micaiah prophesied, and the dogs would lick up his blood. We have a question we need to deal with, and the question becomes one of, why do we need to see anything? Why can't we just light a candle instead of cursing the darkness? Well, the answer is twofold. First, that's not biblical. Despite some thinking it's actually a verse in the Bible. I don't know if that's first Fleshalonians, it might be next to that verse, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. That's not in the Bible either. In fact, there's one more while I'm at it, might as well. Uh, God helps those who help themselves. Not only is that not in the Bible, it's the opposite. God helps those who can't help themselves. And aren't you glad? Well, what the Bible does say about this is not just light a candle, don't curse the darkness. No, you're to expose the darkness. You're to expose them. Because see, secondly, not exposing the emperor who has no clothes is to participate in the deception by virtue of a silent, unspoken complicity. This is Ephesians 5.11. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. Romans 13.12. Speaking of the end times, understanding the times, like the men of Issachar, they understood the times they were living in and they knew what to do. The Apostle Paul, in similar fashion, would write by the Holy Spirit, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Our salvation draws nearer than ever before. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Well, here's where I'm going with all this. The world today is parading, lying, deceptive illusions. And the Micaiahs of our day are desperately needed to stand alone and speak the truth no matter the cost. So what follows are just three. There are many, but I selected three 
of these paraded, lying, deceptive illusions that beg for a Micaiah who's willing to expose them as such. The first one, just like the emperor has no clothes, the elections have no hope. And the sooner Christians realize it, the better. While I realize that saying this will be met with the expected vileness and viciousness that always ensues, it is the truth. And the truth is, our hope is in the Lord, not in the elections. Thank you, Lord. Now let me hasten to say, I am not saying don't vote, don't email me. Am I saying don't vote? No! One more time, just so we're clear, I am not saying don't vote. Here's what I am saying. Vote, but don't put your hope in who you're voting for. Because in the end, you will be disappointed. Psalm 25, 3, no one whose hope is in you, Lord, will ever be put to shame. But they will be put to shame who are treacherous without excuse. Romans 10, 11, the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will never be ashamed. And Isaiah 49, 23, very interesting. This is a prophecy given by the prophet Isaiah. Kings will be your foster fathers and their queens, your nursing mothers. They will bow down before you with their faces to the ground. They will lick the dust at your feet. Then, keyword, you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed, ever, ever. I better move on to the second one. The second deceptive illusion being paraded by the world today is known as Agenda 2030 for Sustainable Development. Doesn't that sound, oh, sustainable development, not so fast. It's cloaked in the climate change narrative. And the insidiousness of this is that climate change is very real. However, it's via geoengineering, the artificial modification of the earth's climate systems. Please hear me when I say this. This climate crisis is created. The reaction controlled. And it will very soon lead to a Hitler-type repackaged final solution. Hegelian dialectic. Crisis, reaction, solution. 
The final solution was, is, and will continue to be reducing the population so as to control the reduced population as prophesied in the book of Revelation, specifically during the seven-year tribulation. Because we've covered this in depth as recently as last week, I'll simply refer you again to Dane Wigington at geoengineeringwatch.org. The reason I bring it up again this week is because Pope Francis will lead a delegation of religious leaders to Mount Sinai on November 13th in concert with COP27, which is the 27th Conference of the Parties, 2022 United Nations Climate Change Conference. This year it will be held in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt, from November 6th through the 18th. Pictured here is a screenshot of an op-ed piece from Newsweek titled, get this, For Our Sin of Emissions, 10 plus 1 Climate Commandments. In it they list what I would argue are blasphemous climate change commandments, which personally I won't even quote for that reason. What makes this year so different is Laudato Si, which was Pope Francis's 2015 encyclical call, listen, for mankind to recognize the plights of their common home, earth. Ain't my home, I'm just passing through. Laudato Si is Pope Francis's, again listen, seven-year journey, seven-year journey towards, and again this sounds so flowery, integral ecology. Oh, that sounds like a good thing. Yeah, until they implement climate lockdowns. Oh, come on, Pastor. Can you just call me Micaiah today? Just indulge me if you don't mind. Integral ecology that will develop concrete goals and strategies for sustainable development by 2030. Hmm. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Let's see. 2030 is 2020. Can you believe we're almost at the end of 2022? Who knew? <laughs> well, God knew. Uh, let's see. Next year, I know this is deeply profound, it's 2023. I know, deeply profound. I spend a great deal of time in prayer coming up with these deeply profound thoughts. So what's 2030 minus 2023? Seven. Hmm. <laughs> Can I just do one more hmm? Things that make you go hmm. Last but certainly not least is the deceptive illusion of COVID-19 and the injection, which sadly has been eclipsed as of late, which if you think about it, 
in and of itself is very telling. Think about that. All of a sudden now, what man, it just seems like yesterday they had, you know, red zones and these big, huge, ominous numbers, and we're all going to die. And now it's like, okay, it's good now. No, it's not. The reason I couch it in these terms and say, sadly, it's been eclipsed is because the deceptive narrative has been met with a large measure of success in fading to the backdrop of obscurity. Why is that so serious? Because it's deadly and it's dangerous. Here's the reason. When you take it off of the wall-to-wall propaganda coverage it once enjoyed, it's that out-of-sight, out-of-mind dynamic. And the masses don't hear of the masses dying suddenly. Let me explain. Because you won't hear it, and even if you did hear it, you'll never hear anyone because they have a lying spirit in their mouth. You'll never hear anyone say, they were only 35 years old, perfect health, and they just dropped that. Inexplicable. Oh, they must have had their 49th booster. They'll never say that. They'll never make that connection. Listen, I, you're no different than I am. You are fully capable of doing what I do. If you want to take the time, you can find and research. The numbers are staggering. And conservatively, they're in the tens of millions with an M. Wrap your mind around that. And we're not hearing anything about that? No pastors are saying anything about that? Everybody's going back to business as usual. Oh, it's a new normal. No, it's not. This is nothing normal about this. It's a deception. The emperor has no clothes. People are dying. And I'm yelling. (laughs) There's a custom in my country. Well, it gets worse. How you doing? You okay? Well, you made it this far. If this weren't bad enough, this is a genocide. I know we've talked about this in depth. I've been, I've been talking about this for over two years now, since the beginning of 2020. This is a genocide, man. It is a demonic, satanic genocide. And if that weren't bad enough, this so-called vaccine, which it's not, comes packaged with the technology. Let me rephrase that. The precise technology described in the book of Revelation chapter 13. The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. 
With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting inspiritandtruthradio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for truth from God's word right here on In Spirit and Truth.